fade you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. This is fade you. What's going on, moms and dads? Welcome to the latest episode of the Fade You podcast. We are recording on a rare Monday. Game seven between the Rangers and Devils just ended. Maybe not the most memorable game seven of all time, but we are going to talk some hockey tonight. So everybody who's listening, or if you listen to this after the fact, we'll get you all caught up on the Stanley Cup playoffs as round one is now officially in the books. Roll call here. My name is Matt. We've got Joe, we've got Chris Duke, we got a guest, and we'll get to him in just a sec. But the Fade You podcast is the sports betting show for the everyday better. Whether you're a total degen betting puck lines, totals, shot on goal props, whatever the hell you're betting on, or if you're just looking for a little action, we got you covered. We're glad you're here checking out our show, whether you're new or been here for a while. Thanks for hanging out with us to talk hockey on this episode. So to talk Stanley Cup playoffs, wanted to bring back our friend Alex Smith. He's on Twitter at AXSmithSports. Uh, Alex, huge hockey better, diehard hockey fan. So I uh, had to have him on and talk some some hockey playoffs. Alex, how's it going? Thanks for coming back. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I mean, it, it's uh, this is a fun time of year. It's a busy time of year, of course. Uh, but just as a fan and even as a better, too, like it, it, it's enjoyable. And, and you can kind of split the difference, right, with the playoffs. I mean, you, you have your bets and you're rooting for those, but you just want to see – good hockey at the end of the day and like you said this game seven was was mildly uneventful uh you know but if you had a ticket on the the devils to come back and win the series congrats to you you know so uh it, it's always fun to see it from the different angles but just uh always an enjoyable time the spring and summer and uh getting ready to see the continuation of the greatest tournament in all sports absolutely damn round right. one was <laughs> round one was awesome uh, i i think there were was it something like 23 overtime games in round one or something like that? And road teams actually did real well, I think, at the end of the day. So we'll definitely talk about that in a sec. We'll talk about why road teams do well. We'll talk about why there are so many upsets in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, and this is definitely a year where that has held true. So round one in the books, a lot of really good series. No sweeps. That's That's not uncommon no. in hockey. I mean – just because the team is a higher seed and has you know, 30 more points in some cases uh, does not mean it's going to be an easy series. Just ask our friends uh, back East in Boston. I'm sure we'll touch on that. So um, Alex, let's start with this. Just biggest takeaway, biggest storyline coming out around one as this is all wrapped up, or if you got a couple, just people who are maybe casually watching, what should people know coming out of this opening round? Well, yeah, I mean, you got to start with the Boston Bruins, right? This is a team that had a historic regular season run. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm dumbfounded by them because at the beginning of the year, they were looking at, you know, no Marchand and no McAvoy up until Christmas time. Jim Montgomery coming back in after the tumultuous exit he had in uh, Dallas. And, you know, he kind of resurfaced with uh, the assistant job in St. Louis. There was a lot of question marks going with this team. And I actually bet them under 98 and a half points. I thought this team might struggle to make the playoffs. They'll probably be oh, a wild God. card contender, right? Well, I look really stupid with that look. They're the best regular season team in NHL history by far. But what we've seen from now three teams in, in my lifetime that have had the best NHL regular season, uh, they all 
didn't win cups, and two of them got bounced in the first round. You saw the sweep of the 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning, and now you saw a 3-1 collapse by, by this Bruins team. And, you know, we always admire hockey and playoff hockey, right, because of the warrior mentality, guys playing through injuries. I just heard about Joel Arisonek tried to play uh, game three, only made it 19 seconds in because he was trying to skate on a broken leg. That's we we admire those stories, right? Yeah, it, it's insanity, and, and that's what fuels the passion of the game. But at some point, you have to understand that you're human and you can't hurt the team. And Lena Solmark should not have been playing in as many games if at any point in this series, like he did. And, and they made the change too late. You know, you had a great backup goaltender, Jeremy Swayman, who had you know fantastic numbers. They won the Jennings Trophy together. Uh, Olmark's certainly a, a shoe in to win the Vesna. But that's why you have two goaltenders. We talk about this in the regular season. You have two goalies to keep you afloat to be a good regular season team to get to the playoffs. Well, they had two goalies who were capable enough to, to handle the workload in the playoffs. One was hurt, and they chose to wait to the last minute to make the switch. So Boston really did it to themselves. You know, it wasn't that Florida played fantastic hockey. Yes, they had more energy uh, in that seven-game series than they did really the last month and a half of the season and certainly in the middle months of the season where they looked like a team that was, you know, destined to miss the postseason just a year after winning the president trophy themselves. Uh, so that was the biggest takeaway for me was just seeing that, you know, like I said, anything can happen in this, in this postseason. And just because the team's great in the regular season, it doesn't mean anything in the second season, unless you can string together four wins in seven games. Joe, uh, those of us who follow hockey, maybe up in Northern California, the Bay area, know that to be a uh, very, very true facts. Facts. Oh my god! <laughs> Regular season hero. It's it's a totally different game, and it's yeah. interesting with the upsets. And and Chris, I know you wanted to to really just dive into the upsets, so we'll we'll get to that in a sec. But I don't know if it's because it, it really is happening at the same time as the NBA playoffs, which can get really chalky uh, when you contrast the two. I don't know if it's on the heels of March Madness, where there, there's so many upsets, and you're like, okay pro hockey like what we'll see the better teams advance and it just more often than not is not the case chris you wanted to to you were texting me this morning about god damn why didn't we fire more dogs in some of these series like look at the way these have gone you want to try to get into that a little bit well yeah i wanted to ask pick alex's brain about like you know because we had that conversation about march madness what do you like to see do you want the better teams to advance and see you know, into the sweet 16, or do you like, you know, us as dog betters, we love the, you know, underdogs. And now that we've seen teams like the Kraken and Florida beat these, you know, better teams, Alex, what do you think? Do you, do you like this? I mean, obviously, I don't know if you had any future, obviously, like you said, people who have Florida cracking these at these big, you know, dogs, good yeah. for you. Yeah. But do you kind of, do you think they're going to be, do you look to fade this now? Do you think, Hey, do they just, you know, are, are they going to be competitive or do you think, um, you know, like you said, if Florida was lucky to be in the playoffs and, and to, to scrape out that win, how do you how do you look at this moving forward? You know, with these dogs. Yeah, it's a confuzzling it's a confuzzling season for me because, and I'm a dog player naturally at any sport. I, I, I gravitate toward toward looking at dogs, especially with series prices because that's really the deepest I get into futures. I don't, you know, other than some point totals in the NHL, I don't have futures. I don't have win totals in NFL or. Uh, you know, NBA, I, I kind of, I like to be in the here and now and bet daily and maybe take some sprinkles for things, you know, heading into the postseason. So I thought this was one of the weaker, since we've gone to this wild card format in the NHL, I thought this was the weakest group of wild card teams. 
I mean, the East, they were all beating the crap out of each other, and it seemed like none of them deserved to be in the playoffs. The Islanders, Pittsburgh, Florida, Washington, Buffalo, Detroit was hanging around. Then all of them seemed like fringe garbage teams. So I kind of just thought, okay, well, you know, Carolina can kind of just walk through. Boston can just walk through early. Uh, and some of the other series I thought would be a little tighter. I thought, you know, New Jersey and, and New York, those are, you know, two evenly matched teams big rivalry, that would be kind of close. Edmonton, L.A., it felt like that would be kind of close because it was close last year. Even Tampa, Toronto, I thought that was going to be more of a blowout this year favoring Toronto. Toronto did get it done, but not making it easy on themselves. So, yeah, this wasn't one of those years where I felt like, oh, there could be a lot of dog upsets, and they and they happened to be. Now, there's been years where I felt there would be a lot of dog upsets. There were, and I cashed with them. The, the biggest bet that I'm cashing series-wise was on uh, Dallas, and I laid a dollar forty with them. Now, I was able to get a dog price adjusted when they went down the series to and I like doing that now that we have that uh, flexibility with books to bet in series. You know, I, there's some things I don't like to even touch. I just want to watch game one and observe it. And then I can make my assessments. Now I can go series spread or go, you know, I like to bet the series to end in a number of games, not necessarily who wins it, you know. So there's there's so many ways to bet in the playoffs and, and you can get creative with things and you can, you know, any style of handicapping you utilize during the regular season, you can modify it to your style for the playoffs because there's so many more options. You touched on the, the weaker wildcard teams in the West or in the East. How about the Kraken, man? What? Yeah, it's I mean, like people, people are going to think that it's shocking because the Avs won the Stanley Cup last year. Did, could, did you see that coming at all? Just the way the Kraken play? And maybe the flaws in Colorado, like, did we did we maybe underestimate that this might be a tough series for the Avs? Yes, yes. And, and I think the biggest drawback, I know the biggest drawback for me and why I didn't go heavy into the series toward the Kraken was because I wondered how they would go and play under the pressure just the first time being in the playoffs. This wasn't the Cinderella, you know, blinders on year one that the Vegas Golden Knights had, right? You know, that was a completely different thing. That's something we may never see in any major sport ever. And that's what everybody's going to compare it to. And it's, I agree. I totally agree. Very different. Yeah. So this was the second year. And, you know, we saw, you know, this was one of the biggest rebounds between a season and NHL history. So you thought, okay, well, you know, they played well and they hung around them in a tough division. The Pacific Division was tough this year. You know, at any point, it seemed like Seattle, L.A., uh, Edmonton and Vegas, they were rotating to see who would win that division. So those four teams were solid and, and, and fairly evenly matched. Different styles, but they were evenly matched. So it's not too shocking. But I think people really didn't realize how good Colorado was and how lucky they were to even not only make the playoffs win the division, when you missed over 500 man games in, in a season, they've had so many injuries. They never had their full starting lineup that was projected on paper for opening night at any point in this year. They never had everybody. I mean, even go down to, you know, Kale McCarr getting a one-game suspension. They always missed someone key in all, what, 82 and 7, 89 games they played this year. And, and that's hard to – it's hard to win when you can't put together your best line. So, you know, when you add that to uh, playing against a, a cracking team that plays – Full team hockey, right? There's no big stars. There's no egos. Everybody's playing as a full collective unit just trying to win and get through. And, and that's what you need in the playoffs where you have this, you know, broken down team that's already coming off their Stanley Cup hangover trying to do it again, and they just didn't have the energy. 
uh, and Seattle was able to just outlast. It's a good reminder for me because it, it feels like kind of the way the NHL is now and the way the playoffs are now to win a cup, you've got to have like the elite high end talent. And and maybe that wasn't really the case 10 years ago when the, I, I responded to your tweet, the LA Kings 10 years ago, right. With, with a team full of like good B level players, but no like elite high end guy can, can go through and win multiple series. But it's a good reminder that a team like the Kraken that plays sound defensively, that throws rolls four lines that all chip in and contribute can win a series against a team that might be a little overrated, a little flawed. And you combine that with the fact it's just really hard to repeat in general. I mean, we just saw it with Tampa, but I mean, like you said, Colorado had a lot going against them this season with guys banged up and, and missing. So, Chris, that's where you get your cracking going on the road, winning Game Seven. Crazy, huh? For Florida and Kraken to both do, I was, I was thinking let's money line both of them, and you hope for one and one for both of them to do it. Oh. Unbelievable. Should have parlayed those puppies right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's yeah, what I texted been, Chris. Been a nice one. Yeah. When it was clear last night in the third period that the Avalanche, the McKinnon line would get a scoring chance, and then no one else would even maintain the puck in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. And I te- I texted Chris like, man, they're just not generating any chances. Like, what would that what would that Kraken Panthers parlay have paid? Uh, and you know, you know, a lot of people went the other way, right? Like Joe, right. we're all about the fade you narratives. You know how many people out there said there is zero way the Bruins, the best regular season team, are going to lose Game Seven at home, and there is zero There's way, no way, the defense, simply no way that these guys are going to lose Game Seven at home, and they both lost. All the trends of the I'm, world would love yeah. to fire that bet. You know, they did probably got it at like what plus one ten. They're like, oh, free money uh, here. No way it loses. I, I went on shows. I went on shows two weeks before the playoffs started and said that Boston probably would win the cup and only lose five games or less the entire way through. Now, technically, I got that right. They only lost three. Oh, only lost four. That's so, true. You know that that kind of counts. But I thought they were going to dominate this year. I thought this was going to look like a playoff series out of the '90s, like how we saw Detroit run through teams, or even yeah. uh, you know the Devils back in the in the mid '90s and and 2000s. So I thought they were just going to obliterate everybody because they just looked that yeah. good. And, you know, we talk about, yeah, having the high-end talent, but you have to have depth. Think about the the, the dynasty teams. Think about L.A.'s second title. Think about the Hawks. Think about uh, the Lightning. It wasn't always Patrick Kane and John Taves doing everything. It was Troy Brower and Dustin Bufflin and Dave Bowen and Brian Bickle. You know, it was the Brian Russ and the Brian Dumoulins that were doing just as much as the, the Sidney Crosby's and Evgeny Malkins. You know, Braden Point. Uh, you know, I think he got robbed of one, if not two, consummate trophies the years that they won uh, Stanley Cup to Tampa Bay. So it's having those second and third line guys to step up. They're the ones that get you those double overtime goals when everybody's, you know, yep. uh, sucking dirty pond water and, and, and breathing. <laughs> and, you know, uh, when you need a big hit, it's not going to be that the superstar. It's going to be that fourth line guy who's only taken two shifts the whole night that obliterates somebody and gets the crowd fired up. And now, you know, you started a scrum and now you got a power player on your side and that goal ties the game. It's, it's those – every, you know, piece matters. And if you don't have depth in the playoffs, uh, you know, you, it, it's almost uh, a bigger detriment than if you don't have top line stars. I'd rather have four, gr- you know, lines of gritty, hardworking guys than just, you know, two, you know, uh, superstar lines and then a bunch of nobodies. 
you know, why Edmonton has struggled for years, right? It's always been the McDavid and Drysdale show, but now they added Zach Hyman. They got guys like Clem Costin, who no one's ever heard of until this year, and all of a sudden he pops up, and now he's chipping in big goals. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is filled in as a role player now. Uh, you know, Darnell Nurse had his struggles, but he still chips in. Evander Kane, you know, finding his way into into the mix. So having depth is 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 more important in my eyes than having that big star talent. Vegas also, you know, in their series, they had a lot of guys chipping in up and down the lineup. And I, I hate to see it. I hate Vegas. I need them knocked out for my own personal well-being. But, I I mean, you got to tip your cap. Like, they, they had Amadio score an overtime winner. Like, they've got guys coming out of nowhere and, and chipping in goals. And they're getting great goaltending from a dude who was a backup on Winnipeg a couple of years ago. Is he on waivers? No one wanted him. Brassois? I think that's yeah. It was no, you know, he was just an unrestricted free agent because they were so. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was the third in Winnipeg at that time. It wasn't Riddick because Riddick was still in Calgary, but they were really high on a guy and they just kind of let him go. And I think that guy ended yeah. up actually not playing in the AHL. He ended up going back to Sweden. And so then they, so then Vassois got picked up because it was the whole goalie mess of Flurry getting traded, nothing, Leonard having his issues, and then he just ended up getting yeah. picked up. But but uh, he was a decent goalie. He was a good backup in, in Winnipeg at times behind uh, Connor Hellebuck, who, you know, that's kind of a cushy job to have because Hellebuck's one of those old school workhorse goaltenders. So you don't always get to see how good the backup is with a team like Winnipeg. But Vassois a decent yeah. goaltender. That's your boy, Chris, your French, French boy, Brassois. <laughs> Can we discuss all the Maple Leaf videos? Oh my God! They won we got to talk about Twitter. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I work with a lot of Maple Leaf fans too on uh, one of my shows, Edgework, and they're just you know. And I mean, I, it, it's good to see, right? Like you know, I never understood the whole hatred with the with the Leafs as a as a Hawks fan, and I live in you know Chicago. Grew up in Chicago, live in, in St. Paul. I have no real tie or affinity to any Canadian team. And I just hear kind of secondhand hatred <laughs> about the Leafs, but like they've never annoyed or, or you know, they're a bad team and they're a historic team, but I've never gotten all upset. Like people hate them like the Yankees, you know, and, and it's just kind of, you know, crazy. How do you it's hate a team thing. that hasn't won a, a playoff series since what was it, 93 or something? They hadn't, they hadn't get it out. Of, yeah. It's the first time they got out of the first round since 04. So, like, literally, 04. like, yeah, so like Twitter. Well, it's 93 it's, since. Canada's won a stand because they won a cup, right? Yeah. yeah. So Twitter, Facebook, and high definition TV didn't exist the last time the Leafs won a first round until the 24 40 hours. You know, <laughs> and so but now you know, and Leafs fans are you know they're still waiting with bated breath because they're like, well, we got to get through the next round. You know, they're still worried about the cup drought, and you can't harbor on that as a fan. And you know, it's easy for me to say that now as a Hawks fan, you know, staring at of replica Stanley Cup banner in front of me but you know we were awful for years and, and you know yeah. at some point you have to just okay well once we get to the playoffs it's just whatever happens happens we can't carry the, the past with us like you know this isn't Doug Gilmore's not walking through that door to use the Rick Pitino quote like you know what I mean like we're in the here and now and these guys have to win we can't carry that baggage of 40 50 years literally into this postseason I think now with them winning that series Maybe the players can get that pressure off of them, and then the fans can too, and the fans can maybe enjoy themselves, make a little bit more noise uh, in that building. Because Toronto, I mean, that place sounds like a mausoleum during the regular season sometimes. It's, it's awful. Uh, you know, they're not a, not a full-on, you know, they say the wine and cheese crowd. That's what they're saying on TNT. 
It's like, yeah. no, you got to get into it. You know, the playoffs are about grit, not just the, for the guys on the ice, but as the fans, too. You know, we're, you, you were all invested in this as, as a fan and, and all this time and all this money with these tickets. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's it's a collective it's a collective thing. You win as a team. The fans are an extension of that. That's why we you know talk about home ice advantage. That's that's your home ice advantage. It's not about the, all the locker rooms are nice and look the same. It's about how that crowd responds to that team. Which what which is what made that Boston L so much sweeter. Like they were so loud and then just dead silent as soon as Florida. They only scored, lost only lost three games at home all regular season and then they lose three in the playoffs. I mean it's, it's oh I mean, my god. It it can't possibly get better than that for a Leafs fan, right? Like not only do you advance in an epic Gosh. way, right? Beating Tampa Bay, who beat you last year. But then the next day, you get to watch Boston choke away a 3-1 series yep. lead, be up with a minute to go, get tied, and then lose in overtime. At home. There's no way it, it gets better than that for Leafs it, fans. It, it reminds me of in 2013 and you know all the great moments in that season with the Blackhawks. But you know, as great as the Patrick Kane double overtime goal is to win the Western Conference and, and the 17 seconds to win the Cup, Coming back from 3-1 and seeing Brent Seabrook score the overtime goal to beat the Detroit Red Wings, the hated Detroit Red Wings, and knocked them not just out of the playoffs, but literally the Western Conference because they went to the East the next season. Yeah, That was the, the apex point of that postseason by far. Yeah. Uh, it's a moment I will never forget in my life. You know, So, yeah, it, it, yeah, it means something more when your arrival loses on top of you. Two quick things you made me think of. You mentioned the Rick Pitino quote. Did you have someone in mind for the Patino game for the Rangers yet? Oh, I already, I already posted. Uh, you you know, posted Yarmir okay. Yager. Yarmir Yager. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, those are those are so great because yeah. God, you just forget that some you forget about the random dudes. Like, oh yeah, Yager did have a stop playing for the Rangers. Yeah, and uh, some of the random dudes that you come up with, those are so great. And then the other <laughs> thing with the Leafs too, you talk about it being a mausoleum. Is that because they play fucking Hall and Oates? Like, and you've talked about the worst goal songs in this. Song. I I don't get it. I've never understood not it either. Yeah, and, and that's that's not even what? Hall. Like, it's not like I hate Hall and Oates, right? But that's just not their best song. Yeah, muted out. Yeah, especially because is there something about? Is it because of the glass going up? Is it just me, or is there something electric about? You know, even at a, I went to a Ducks game last year when they sucked, and it was even it got loud. Is there something about that? It's it's so the hockey game gets so loud. It's so I remember almost your ears are ringing like you went to a concert. It's such a beautiful atmosphere. Yeah, you know? yeah. When when a, oh yeah, when a building is 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 just up in arms like that. I mean, you know, I think about like I said the United Center, uh, even XL Energy Center. I mean, that's a that place is usually like even for a regular season, that place can get really loud. And, uh, and, you know, this is some places just have that energy and some don't, you know, and, that, and that's in all sports, you know, you can, you can, you know, you talk about it all the time in college football, it means the most in college football. I, it truly literally will affect a college football game or a college basketball game more than anything else. But, but, uh, but those environments are, are a big aspect, not just as a fan, but you know, when you come down to handicapping, they do, it's not the end all be all, but you have to factor it in somewhere. No, that's that's so true. So, all right, let, let's go to this. Expect the unexpected in the first round, right? We talked about Tampa's out, Colorado's out, Boston's out. So who should at this point, and we know that should does not happen all the time in hockey. I mean, first round literally just proved that. Who should at this point 
come out of both conferences, in your opinion? In the West, it, it's it's a two horse race. It's Dallas and Edmonton, uh, and and I thought that was going to be the Western Conference Final going into this postseason. That would be tremendous. As someone who remembers those great series from the late '90s and early 2000s, yeah, uh, that would Madonna be really and, fun yeah. to see. Yeah, Todd Marchman with the Game Seven overtime yep. winner back in '97, and those are some just wonderful hockey moments of my childhood. So just seeing those two teams in the final would be great in the conference final. The East, it seems to be a real crash, right? I mean, because you don't trust Toronto after winning the first round, right? You know, no, I don't trust Florida, you know, especially coming off of that grueling of a comeback to win in a series. Yeah, you got to uh, think Toronto game – or uh, not Toronto, Florida game one, they're going to be just dead. Right, yeah. You know, but then at the same time, I said – because I like Toronto to win that series in Tampa Bay. I said, oh, well, you know, I'm waiting for game one of round two to fade the hell out of Toronto. I can't do that now. <laughs> so, so that kind of kind of right, you yeah. know, ruined those plans. And then the other matchup, you got Carolina, who as great as they look most of the regular season, they kind of linked into the postseason a little bit, you know, uh, didn't make the easiest or shortest of work. It, that five-game win uh, series went over the Islanders. It wasn't, you know, clean. You know what I mean? They were, it was it was gritty. It was, you know, they kind of, you know, I think they lost, you know, the use the cat metaphor. They lost a few lives having to win that series. So they're not uh they're not invincible. They're not untouchable. And now you got this Devils team that's surging. Uh, but I don't trust in Akira Schmid to, you know, stand on his head like he has been. And I don't think he's really been so much standing on his head as has been the you know, uh, Devils defenseman in front really selling out and blocking shots and doing what they need to do. I don't know why they couldn't do that in front of Vanna checking games one and two, but you know, at least they were able to do it uh, for four of the games that Schmidt started. So here they are, man. So the East is wide open. I really don't know who's going to win out of the East. I'd have to really sit and think. But I think the West, and I think the winner of the West between Dallas and Edmonton is the winner of the Cup anyway. So uh, the, the power shift that we saw in the East, and, and I'm a West Western Conference guy, but I thought the East was way better. That has completely changed from round one to round two now. Now the Boston's out, right? Everybody, it was Boston or the field, and and now yeah. that they're out, it's like, oh my god! Every team that thought like, oh, maybe if things break our way, we can make a run, like things broke your way. So now's your, I mean, what an opportunity! It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that Leafs Panthers. You, do you fade Toronto because they finally got over the hump, or do you fade Car- Florida because they just played in a? Uh, no game, idea. A really crazy game seven. The- that is tough. You know, the one thing I will look at with that series in particular is that because I've noticed five of the last six regular season meetings went to overtime. So this probably okay. will be a, a lot of regulation draw plays for me. And I don't know if I'll do like I did with with uh, Vegas Edmonton. I took a shot with them or Vegas uh, Winnipeg first round. I took a shot that there would be three overtime games at eight to one at BetMGM. I might look for something in that two to three overtime range with uh, with the Toronto Florida series once that's posted up. What about the Seattle-Dallas? Could you see just the way the Seattle plays and with Dallas having a pretty good goalie and Ottinger, could you see some overtime games in that series too, some lower scoring kind of 2-1 sort of games? Mm, No. No. And and I know everybody's saying that because of how Grubauer is played right now, but Grubauer can have a goalie duel for seven games with Alexander Yorgiev. He can't hang seven games with Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger's on another level. Jake Ottinger is right there in my book with the Vasilevskis of the world. He, he, he's, he's easy a top five yeah, goaltender. Very good. And he, he can steal you not just a game. He can steal you an entire series. Uh, and then when you look at how Dallas is built, they can play you any style you want. You want to go 2-1 and grind it out. That's what Minnesota tried to do. They were able to top of that. You want to get into a boat race, they'll put up seven or eight goals on you in a heartbeat. 
So uh, Dallas is dangerous because they're versatile and they have a great goaltender. And that's the, the two biggest things you need amongst depth. And they have depth as well. So you add those three components together, it's a great playoff team to look at. I'm kicking myself because a few weeks before the playoff started, you know, Pete DeBoer has gone to the Stanley Cup final with two different teams mm -hmm. in his first season with those teams. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God damn it. What if, what if Colorado gets bounced? What if Pete goes back to the final? And I, I almost put a future on the stars and I'm kicking myself that I did. But Joe, can we get Joe Pavelski to not be dead? And can we get Joe Pavelski's name on the Stanley Cup? <laughs> God well, I mean, willing. as far as I know, he was skating. Uh, he was skating in, in practice rushes today, so it seems like he should be a go for game one. I get or probably a game time decision for game one. Hopefully, a certain go by no later than game two, and that changes everything because you know, it seemed like you know Jason Robertson was kind of out of sorts without him in the lineup. Like those two kind of really feed off one another. Pravelski's that gritty guy that gets in front and screens on power plays, which is something you desperately need. Uh, so to have him back in the lineup, even if he's a little bit limited, Huge. but he can still just be in those areas and and, and be that position guy and, and be someone to take pressure away from his line mates. You know, the fact that he's there, he's an option, opens ice up for everybody else around him. So, yeah, that, that'll be a key piece to get back. And especially if Jared McCann is not a go for Seattle, that would be a big loss on top of a big addition to Dallas. Yeah. Let's just get a Dallas-New Jersey final so we can root for Pavelski and Timo and just be happy that – some some rem semblance of a San Jose Sharks going to win a cup. There you nice. go. We know the Sharks and, are and not for, winning. And for <laughs> Vegas to not anybody but Vegas, and preferably yes, uh, Joe Pavelski would be first choice by far. I remember when they were in the final against Tampa a couple years ago. It was like, oh my god, if, if Pavelski wins a cup, that would be that would be great. He's so <laughs> beloved uh, yeah. for for Sharks fans. I mean, he's just he's the man. Yeah, I have a Pavelski um, Pavelski jersey. It's. Uh, it was a sad day when he left, man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they they fucked up bad on that one for sure. <laughs> uh, they've they fucked up a lot actually to to put themselves in this situation, but that was that was a pretty bad one. Um, yeah, Alex, let's get you out of here with this. Just a more of a general sports related question. So sure. I'm having a tough time because uh, my Sacramento Kings went down yesterday, right? Yeah, I mean, really, really fun season for the Kings. Took the Warriors to game seven. Nothing to be ashamed of. Still bummed it's over. As a fan, when your team loses in the playoffs, are you the kind of guy that will say, tip my cap, if you, you beat me, great. I'm not going to root against you next round. Or are you like me and you're just like a bitter piece of shit and now you're like, I don't care who they're playing. I need them to lose. <laughs> Because they made me feel like shit, so now I want them to go down hard. Where do you stand I, on this? You know, it depends on the team and series. And it's funny. I just had this conversation uh, a couple hours ago. But it makes me think about 2012 with the Hawks. And they played the Arizona – well, then the Phoenix Coyotes. And the Hawks just dogged it and half-assed it for yeah. five games, got quickly dispatched. I, I remember breaking a chair in my apartment uh, after game three. <laughs> And sounds like something Chris yeah. would do. <laughs> and I, and yeah, and all I wanted was for Arizona to get knocked out. They went all the way to the Western Conference final. They did eventually lose to, to the Kings, but to I, I wanted them to, to lose desperately because they did not play well enough to win that series. The Hawks gave it away. So yeah, in that sense, but if it's a, if it's an even balanced series, which that Warriors Kings series, that was just a fun, good balanced series. And the experienced team found a way to win in, in, a, in a gritty time. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, you know, 
uh, you know, you know, screw the Warriors, and and especially because they're playing the Lakers. It's like, do you really want the Lakers that, to win? That is my crisis. Yeah. <laughs> how how the, how in the hell can I root for LeBron and the Lakers, who I'm yeah. sick and tired of, no way. and who I just have hated for my whole life? Right. Yeah. But so the you Warriors can't just broke yeah. my heart. So I'm like, what yeah. do I do? Maddie, I think I think you got to go the opposite. You just root for the team that beat your team, because then if they go all the way and win it, you have that ability to it. say, "Oh, yeah, well, we got we lost to the champs, so we deserve to lose." Oh, uh, yeah. So see, that, you know that I can't do. I, I've never yeah. been. And trust and Joe, we know the Sharks have lost a lot in the playoffs <laughs> in our lives. I, I've never been able to be like, "Oh, well, at least we lost to the eventual champion." Fuck that. Yeah. You guys were not. You, yeah, I can tell you, yeah, you guys were not rooting for the Hawks in 2010 to beat Philly, right? No, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah. So after the, the way the they day, just, after the way they dusted the Sharks, no, there's no, absolutely yeah. not. They were for sure rooting for Chris, the Kings after they blew the 0-3. Oh, <laughs> that was awful. See, yeah. now we're talking about all the Sharks under it. You're you're just taking me and Joe back to a, a place of. What? All right, I'll give Pain you guys a great shark story. I'll give, I'll give you guys a great shark story because the the one of the best playoff moments of my entire life, from a betting standpoint, was when Sharks played the Kings. I had this series nailed down to a T, and I wish they had this exact series bet that they have now that's available at FanDuel. You can bet every game for each series, like who's going to win from and however long you think the series is going to go. So I had Sharks to win the series pre pre series. I bet Sharks game one. I bet Sharks game two. I bet Kings game three and the draw. Kings win in overtime. I bet Sharks game four. They won. I bet Sharks game five. Puck line. Completely swept the board in that series. Wow. Yeah. That's, That's incredible. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. What Do you remember what year was that? Because they played the Kings a handful of times. Was it four the teams, the first out. round series that went, then went yeah. in five? So I'd have to look, look up quickly. I, I want to say it's 2014 playoffs. Or maybe well, 2014, the Kings won again. So no, all right. So wasn't so then. Let's see. I'm going. I'm scrolling on hockey. Rough. And, and 2014 was the 3-0. Ugh. So was, I can't remember. Uh, can't remember if they beat them in a series before. I think it might have been after. Yeah, I'm trying to maybe with the. Now. I don't know. I think my only biggest. Uh, oh, it was 16, 2016. Okay. First round, yeah. Sharks won four one. Yeah, I think uh, Sharks, when they were down 4-1 in the third period against the fucking uh, Golden Knights and then came back and won an OT to win game yeah. seven, that was probably the most electric moment. Like, I was downstairs screaming at midnight. Fucking amazing. Yeah. But then they just go and just shit their pants. So, that's typical Sharks. <laughs> Can't get your hopes up. Who did they lose to, Joe, in that, in that second round? Do you remember? Do you remember? Or did they actually – was that when they went to the conference final and lost to the Blues? That's when they lost to the Blues. Yeah, 2016 was the, yeah. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all the Sharks' playoff losses. Then they played the Avs, I think. No, they played, so 2016, they 4-1 series against LA, then they went to 7 against, wait, is it Nashville? 7 against against Nashville, and then they lost 4-2 to the the Blues. And then the Blues. To the Blues, as everybody got injured. Everyone was dead. Yeah, and uh, and the Blues D-E-D. went on to win the cup, and yeah, it felt so good that that we lost to the Blues, who went on to win the cup. Totally <laughs> cheering for them. Fuck. No, I I hated the fucking Blues that year too. With yeah, the, uh, so it'll it'll be a really fun second round. So Alex, <laughs> last last thing. 
So Chris, Chris loves his dogs. He's a dog better like you are. Which dog in the second round is most live? So for Chris to go put his hard-earned cash on a dog to win a series, which dog is most live in your opinion? Uh, I would have to. I don't because I don't even know if New Jersey, Carolina. I don't. I don't know if anybody's gonna open the dog. That might that might have just open yeah. one ten each way. So right. I would probably have to say, reluctantly, Florida. Because we just don't, you can't trust in Toronto. They, you know, they've won one series now in 20 years. So, you know, at least Florida's been, been, you know, out of the first round in, in each of the last two seasons. I don't see them getting swept like they did last year against Tampa Bay. So I'd say maybe take a shot with Florida. Now, are you going to wait? Say- are you going to bet any of these pre flop? Are you going to do what you said? Are you going to? Let game one play out, and then maybe see if there's some value. In, in that in that series, I will let game one play out. The only thing I have bet right now that I bet today was Dallas, and I got creative with that. I laid the series spread one and a half. I got plus one twenty. I also took a small shot with Dallas to win by a sweep at plus seven hundred, and Dallas to win four one at plus three fifty. And here's why: we haven't seen the schedules yet. They should be coming out at any moment. But based on what's going on at Climate Pledge Arena, they have a concert Saturday, and there's a Seattle Storm preseason game on Tuesday. So we might be looking at games three and four back-to-back on Sunday and Monday. And if Dallas has a 2-0 lead at home and then going on the road, that could get a little dicey. I think they may be able to win one, if not both of those. So I can grab that in pocket now. I like that. That's, that's a great nugget on the, the scheduling conflict. I, I saw that this morning, that there was something up with Seattle's. I mean, Seattle never thought they'd be in the second round, so – they probably didn't know to, to hold the arena and, in case they're you, still playing you think, in May. You'd think it would be pretty easy to just move the Seattle Storm preseason game to like maybe like you know UW campus or anywhere else yeah. and let this uh, you know important hockey game go on, but I don't know. Yeah. That's only the that's above my know, pay grade. I know it's only you too, but geez. <laughs> oh man. All right, Alex. Well, thanks for coming on again. That was that was a fun chat about the playoffs and and just some general sports related stuff. You want to plug the ice guys and, and where people can tune in and what kind of stuff they can get? Yes, the Ice Guys, every single day during the playoffs and during the regular season next year, of course. But uh, we're on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, just Google the Ice Guys. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore Ice Guys. We're on Monday through Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturdays and Sundays at noon Eastern. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AXSmithSports, my website, AXSmithSports.com. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm on, like, every podcast that's talking about hockey between now and June, so. You could probably hear me. Absolutely. <laughs> no, we appreciate you coming on. We love talking yeah. some hockey. We don't do it enough. Chris, get us out of here with this. What happens sometimes when you bet on poop? You might uh, pick up a couple road dogs back to back. And uh, <laughs> like Joe said, you should have parlayed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. is fake.